0: The full Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld Maryland's ban on 45 kinds of assault weapons and its 10-round limit on gun magazines, ruling that the Second Amendment doesn't protect, quote, weapons of war. Maryland passed the sweeping gun control measure after the massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary School in 2012. The vote was 10-4 to 4, with a strongly worded dissent by Judge William Traxler, who said that the majority has gone to greater lengths than any other court to eviscerate the constitutionally guaranteed right to keep and bear arms. Our guests are Adam Winkler, a professor at UCLA Law School and Mark Graber, professor at, Uro- at the University of Maryland Law School. Adam, explain the reasoning of the majority opinion.
1: Well, what the majority said, in an opinion written by Judge Robert King, was that uh, assault weapons are not covered by the Second Amendment. And as a result, uh, the government did not need particularly strong justification to limit access to them, the same reasoning the court said applied to high-capacity magazines. The court said that these were weapons of war and likened them to machine guns, automatic fire weapons, and because of their uh, what the court said was their exceptional lethality, uh, these firearms were not protected at all by the Second Amendment. The court then did say, alternatively, um, offering perhaps reasoning for uh, the Supreme Court, should the Supreme Court choose to get in, uh, involved, that uh, should they uh, conclude otherwise and that these weapons were included in the Second Amendment, the court would have of applied intermediate scrutiny, and the law would have been upheld anyway for furthering uh, the important government interest in public safety.
2: Mark, what do you uh, make of that reasoning? And in in particular, uh, isn't that pretty consistent with what the Supreme Court said back in the the Heller decision a decade ago when they, for the first time, uh, said the Constitution does protect individual gun rights?
3: Well, it's fairly consistent with the proviso that the Heller opinion is notoriously vague and people on all sides of the gun issue can read into it what it wants. Where the opinion breaks a bit of new ground with assault rifles is most opinions on assault rifles have applied intermediate scrutiny and found that you can ban assault rifles under intermediate scrutiny. What the First Circuit has done has said, in fact, this really isn't a weapon covered by the Second Amendment at all, because what we have here really is a military weapon, and that's not what is normally used to protect homes, but to assault the enemy.
2: Just Mark, I just want to clarify. I think you said First Circuit there. You're, you're talking about the Fourth Circuit, Fourth Circuit. in this case. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, um, Adam, the dissent. I mentioned Judge William Traxler. He wrote that this should be subject to strict scrutiny review. Which kind of review do you think it should be subject to and why?
1: Well, of course they don't give me a vote on any of these things. So They should um, uh, <laughs> But other courts have generally held, as Mark says, that intermediate scrutiny applies. Generally, courts have disagreed with what the Fourth Circuit did here in saying that these guns are not protected at all by the Second Amendment. Most other circuits have either held that they are protected by the Second Amendment or um, that the courts will presume they're protected by the Second Amendment. And then, and the reason why is because the Supreme Court in the Heller case did suggest that firearms that are in common use for lawful purposes are protected by the Second Amendment. And there are about 75 million high capacity magazines out there in America. And there are maybe about 10 million uh, assault rifles or assault weapons. So arguably, they are in common use. Now, of course, those other courts have nonetheless upheld the restrictions on such weapons, finding that uh, even though it burdens Second Amendment rights under intermediate scrutiny, the law still survives. Um, but uh, the dissent here was very uh, objected to the idea. Uh, that these weapons were not protected by the Second Amendment at all.
2: Mark, what, what, one thing that, that uh, Adam just said there, um, it kind of made me wonder, so are we, is this an area of law where where because more people own a certain type of weapon, that means uh, the Constitution gives it greater protection? Is that is that where we are in the law, and, and does that make sense?
3: Well, that's what the majority and minority were debating. The... Minority said, well, if lots of people own it, it is therefore in common use. What the majority said is, what is the primary use, looking at what kind of weapon it is, and it doesn't matter if lots of people own it. If it turns out it's primary use or it's most designed for military use, then it's not a Second Amendment weapon. So, in fact, what you've said is precisely the issue. Are we going to determine Second Amendment protection, by the number of people who own a gun, or what the gun is designed to do.
0: Adam, I know that the Second Circuit upheld bans passed in New York and Connecticut in 2015. Have any circuits refused to uphold bans?
1: No, there's no split in the circuits at this point. In fact, one of the reasons why the Fourth Circuit decision yeah, this week, the en banc 10 to 4 decision, was so important was because the Fourth Circuit, um, the original three-judge panel, had suggested that the assault weapons ban was likely unconstitutional, and that strict scrutiny would apply. Uh, And that was going to create the circuit split. So what the court has done here, although it diverged from some of the reasoning of some of the other circuits, nonetheless reached a conclusion that is consistent with all of the other circuits that have ruled on it. There have been four um, total, uh, and they've all said that these bans on assault weapons and restrictions on high-capacity magazines are constitutionally permissible.
2: Mark, I want to ask you about a concurring opinion by Judge Wilkinson. Uh, he he talked about the notion of judicial restraint, and he said, uh, uh, quote, uh, disenfranchising the American people on this life-and-death subject would be the gravest gravest, and most serious of steps. It is their community, not ours. It is their safety, not ours. It is their lives, not ours. What, what do you make of that language? What do you think of it? It
3: is known for judicial restraint. So, in fact— he doesn't believe courts should get involved in same-sex marriage, in affirmative action. And so what he was trying to do is say this isn't an opinion really about guns, but it's an opinion about the role of the judiciary. I think some of the more liberal members of the court are in favor of judicial activism, for example, in same-sex marriage, and that's why they would not sign on to that opinion. Judge Wilkinson, as I said, simply wants courts to stay out of all contentious issues gun rights being just one of many.
0: Adam, about 30 seconds, since there is no split in the circuits, are, is talk of appealing this to the Supreme Court going nowhere?
1: Well, there may be a petition to the Supreme Court to accept the case, uh, but I think it's unlikely. The Supreme Court, even when Justice Scalia was alive and voting, uh, refused to accept any assault weapons ban cases. And without a split in the circuit, uh, I'd be surprised if the Supreme Court were to step in now.
0: Thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Adam Winkler. He's a professor at UCLA Law School. And Mark Graber, he's a professor at the University of Maryland Law School. That's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 p.m. Wall Street Time please join us then thanks to our technical director Reginald Basil and our producer David Sucherman Carol Masser and Corey Johnson are coming up now with Bloomberg Markets. Good afternoon, Carol. What have you got? Hi, June. We're going to talk a little bit about Warren Buffett's annual letter to shareholders. Also, President Trump meeting with manufacturing CEOs today. And Howard Love, an entrepreneur and angel investor, where he's finding opportunities. That's coming up on Bloomberg Markets, right now on Bloomberg Radio. I'm June Grosso with Greg Store. You're listening to Bloomberg Law.